millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to this week's Charlton Live Lockdown Podcast. My name is Louis Mendes and I hope you're very well. On this week's show, we're going to be giving out our end of season awards. We're going to be looking for the signing of the season, the goal of the season, the flop of the season, the game of the season and of course we'll name our very own player of the season. We invited listeners to get involved with the show via Twitter this week, so we'll read out some of your views on the categories that we've mentioned, and we'll crown a winner in each category. Welcome to this week's Charlton Live podcast. Let's see who we've got on the phone uh, this week. First up is uh, Mr. Tom Wallin, the calm analyst on Charlton Live. Tom, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, thank you, mate. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. As I as I ask every week, uh, what have you been up to? Nothing? No, I was back at work this week. I was furloughed for a few weeks, but back at work. So, uh, yeah, but apart from that, same old. Oh, well, at least you're, you're keeping busy in a way. And uh, in at number two, we've got Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan? Living the dream. Yeah, how how you yeah. been getting on? Yeah, not bad. Surviving. Um, been out on the bike, just trying not to cut me bush. Um, and then uh, yeah, just 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 probably just texting you two and winding you two up. Really. Yeah, yeah. That picture of your beard that's that's going around on Twitter at the moment is quite impressive. It's disgusting, isn't it? Yeah, it is disgusting. disgusting. Yeah, I dread to think what could be lurking in there. And uh, <laughs> finally, uh, on the phone this week, we've got the chef Mark Newbury. How are you doing, Mark? I'm all good. I'm all good. Yeah, what are you eating? I'm also back. I'm also back at work. So. Yeah, is there? So I mean, r- rumor going around that you're eating a pickled egg. Uh, was it a pickled onion sandwich? Pickled onion sandwich. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's disgusting. I'm glad that we're doing this remotely and I'm not in the same room as you. <laughs> right. I'll save it for when we're back in the studio. Yeah, lovely stuff. Right, let's have a look then. So this week, um. I put on Twitter that basically we've been missing you guys. We've been missing the listeners. Obviously, we've been doing a lot of these shows behind closed doors, you know, and not live, which means that there isn't really that much scope to interact with the listeners. And obviously, on a normal Sunday, we'd be getting your views about the uh, the game and obviously the, the show that's going on <laughs> off the field of play. So um, we thought this week we'd, we'd change it up a little bit and, and uh, ask you guys some questions because it's looking... It's looking more and more likely that we're in a situation where we might not be able to finish off the the rest of this season now. You know, at the start of this lockdown, I was sort of implying that I'm sure that surely they'll find a way to, to to at least finish off the season. But now that we're getting further and further away, I'm thinking it's probably unlikely we will. So therefore, it's probably time that we start handing out awards for the end of the season. Um the sort of stuff probably we'd normally do on our Player of the Year show where we'd go to the Player of the Year dinner and we'd, we'd set up there and we'd have, uh, obviously, the Player of the Year would be announced, but we'd also go through and discuss our favourite goals from the season, our favourite games uh, from the season, perhaps the players that have come in, been signed as our, as our favourite signing uh, of the season, uh, and, of course, our favourite flops of the season. Um, Nathan gets a mention in there, and I'm sure he'll be intrigued to find out why later on, but um, there, there, there's a few little things that we wanted to talk about. So I thought I'd, I'd open it up to you guys on Twitter this week. And uh, yeah, we've had uh, loads of responses uh, for all the, the, the different, um, all the different categories that I put out there. Um, so let's dive straight into to the first one. We're going to say player of the season for the last one to keep you guys interested. But the first one uh, I put out was for our favorite goal uh, of the season. So first of all, I'm going to bring in Tom. Uh, Tom, if you had to pick one from from the category for your favourite goal of the season, which way would you go for this campaign? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I think probably, and I'm sure a lot of listeners have probably said the same, it's probably Conor Gallagher's goal against Derby at home. Across to Gallagher, shooting chance. Gallagher goes for it! Oh! Oh! 
thick, absolute smash from from twenty five yards out into the top corner. It was just a, a beautiful strike. Um, but trying to think a little bit more, maybe outside the box. I remember Lyle scored a really nice one to open the scoring against Stoke. Goes Great to the far ball. side, Lyle Taylor on the edge of the area, up against Bath, the captain, right on the corner of the penalty area. Cuts inside onto his right foot and shoots. Oh, Inside from the edge of the area and smashed it in with his right foot. Um, so possibly that one would be my kind of slightly left field one. But um, for me, I think there were two standouts, and it was Connors against Derby, and then Lyle against Nottingham Forest. Um, primarily down to that ball from from Naby Sarr to, yeah. to put it on a plate. Yeah, for company. Oh, well done, clearance forward from Forest has been well picked off by Naby Sarr. Drill cross towards far post. Taylor's oh, oh, what a goal! Taylor scores a superb goal. What an assist from Naby Sarr, winning the ball first. The ball to the back post was outstanding, and Lyle Taylor just slid in to make it chill one Forest nil. So he didn't actually have much to do, but it was just a. A beautiful goal to watch. Yeah, it was certainly. I mean, you mentioned that goal against Stoke there. The the opening goal of the seat, well, the opening goal of the home season. Obviously, we'd we'd already beaten Blackburn away on the opening day, but considering as uh, the day after, well, the, I think the transfer window closed that week, or, or or was coming to an end. Yeah, it had. It closed that week, and Lyle was still yeah. there. Um, I mean, we know we, he'd had a difficult week, if we put it that way. You know, mm. it, was, it was clear he, he probably wanted to go, but the fact he had stayed. And then went on to to put in the performance that he did against Stoke and and topped it off with what was a nice goal. Though you have to admit, I think the goalkeeper uh, could have done a little bit better for it. But it just showed that when there was a lot of worries about how people were feeling about Lyle Taylor after he didn't get that move to to Brentford that was being muted, uh, the fact he'd go in and put in a shift and score a goal uh, sort of uh, settled a lot of people's nerves who were worried he might perhaps down tools a little bit. Yeah, and I think I mentioned it in our Fighting Talk podcast the other day. That was one of my favourite games of the season as well because playing a big team like Stoke who'd recently come down from the Premier League, there was just a real sense that we'd arrived in the Championship. And you're right, I was on comms that day with Greg and I remember Lyle coming out of the tunnel to warm up before the game and both of us looking at him and he had his head down and he wasn't reacting to the fans at all. And there was obviously a bit of unrest amongst the fans. You know, Some were booing him, some were happy that he was still here. So it was a little bit of a difficult time for him. But as you say, I think since he's joined us, he's done all of his talking on the pitch. He's done a huge amount of talking off the pitch as well. <laughs> but primarily, he's tried to do his, his talking on the pitch. And, and that was exactly the kind of epitome of it, as you say, to, mm. to get that goal, to show that he was still going to give us 100%. And I don't think anyone could argue that at any point in his, his time with us that he hasn't done that. So, mm. yeah, that was kind of the reason that I picked that one as well. Yeah. Now, Nathan, um, obviously Tom mentioned there... Uh, the goal away at Nottingham Forest uh, for Lyle Taylor, but it was all about the work from from Naby Sarr. Uh, and you won't be surprised to see that quite a few people have nominated that one for the uh, the Gold of the Season award as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Naby's been. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, Naby's. I think he is improving. I still think there's obviously flaws, but I think a lot of you know all of our players have flaws. But I mean, Naby's technical ability, Bose has always said, um, as well as his finishing. You know, he's a good technical player for a defender and I don't think anyone doubts that. Um, so he wouldn't surprise me in terms of, of the cross Lyle's goal for uh, from the Naby cross would be up there. I think um, the QPR last minute goal was would be up there again for his technical reason. He needs someone to come short for it. Throws back to Dylan Phillips. Phillips looks to clear this away long. Towards the edge of the penalty. It's not a good kick. It's picked up the goal. Naby Sarr the penalty. Channel for Bond to chase. The Addicts building another attack here. Bond gets towards the byline. Low cross across the first to goal. Doughty! Alfie Doughty has scored! Alfie Doughty puts Chowan into the lead! The youngster with his first ever Addicts goal makes it Chowan free! Bristol City 2! Come on! Just because it was a win, and you know, so Alfie's come in and done really well, and it's a last minute winner. I just think I've gone against the grain a little bit, but yeah, I agree. I think mm. agree with Tom Watts. Lyle, Lyle's always done his talking on the pitch, but 
for Naby, um, and we said it near at the time as well for the for the goal against Forest. You're not going to have many centre halves in the Championship, and even you look at the Premiership, you ain't going to have many centre halves that can whip a ball in like that, are you? So, um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. A lot of people have gone for that goal. Yeah, I mean, okay, so you mentioned that 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 one against um, Bristol City. Obviously, um, I mean that, that was the game that McCauley Bond. I mean, he scored. He scored two very good goals. Actually, if you think about it, the first one was a loft, a loft over the top, and he, he chipped the goalkeeper. The second one, again, the ball was played into the into the penalty area. But he had to do a hell of a lot to shake off the defender, and then he was involved in the the third goal, where I think it was Lockyer who played it down the channel and squared for for Doughty, who sort of just bundled it in really via the goalkeeper. But that that was one of those games where we really saw what McCauley Bond can bring to the side as well. In t- not in, not only in terms of finishing, but of course in terms of. Uh, the assist, which is the, the sort of link-up and hold-up play that Lee Bayer wanted to see more and more from Macca as the season progressed. Yeah, and I think uh, I mean Bose has been said it a lot that Mac has come into the into the squad as a as a project coming from non-league. I mean, he was playing against Bromley last year, and um, with Taylor getting injured, he's had to step up. And it, I, you know, I thought our form was going to suffer when Lyle went out, and um, he done he done. Tremendous. I mean, for Fulham, you know, goal against Fulham, and, and like you say, the goals against Bristol. I think he's, like, he's done amazing to, to do what he's done, um, especially coming in not with quite low expectations, really. And I think he surprised a couple on how much he's improved since he's joined. So, I mean, yeah, that that goal for me, the, the second goal where showed his strength um, and he, he can handle himself. He's a big lad and um, he's quick. Uh, but yeah, he's he's done tremendous since he's come in, uh, especially to fill that forward when Lyle got injured for. It seemed it seemed longer than what it was. It seemed like it was out for about a year. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was a long long time, and he held his own. And you know, I was, I was pleased for him. Mm, yeah, I mean, another another goal that I quite like from McCauley Bomb was away at Bristol City, actually, where um, mm. he, he took it round and the, the keeper and, and slotted it in uh, from a tight angle. So let's bring in Mark then. So we, we've had a few options there. Have you got anything else you'd, you'd want to add to a, a a goal that particularly impressed you there, Mark, or or have you got a pick? For- for goal of the season. Well, well, you've managed to do my top four already, <laughs> and, my, and my um and my alternative player of the season. Um, so I'm going down to goal number five, which is a penalty. <laughs> which you're going to think well, that's a strange one to have for a goal of the season. I'm going to West Brom away, and 92nd minute or so, we get the penalty, and Cullen takes it. Josh Cullen to take this kick. Strides up, shoots in the top of the net. I don't know if you can have a top of the roof, but it's there anyway. No, it's on level terms. And I don't think that's anything other than we deserve. And I think the pressure on him to bury that was phenomenal. And I think, you know, normally you say, well, penalties are going to be a 50-50 thing. But for him to put the ball down at his young age and bury it, I just thought was, was, a, was a contender and the importance of the goal as well. So... Mm. Yeah, so that was obviously a high pressure. I mean, obviously, we've we've seen uh, different styles of penalties uh, this season, uh, from what Lyle Taylor does to what the the lights of Josh Cullen uh, will do throughout the uh, through taking a penalty like that one away at, at West Bromwich Albion in 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 the uh, the end of uh, of that game at the Hawthorns. So. One other special mention for me, because I wrote down a list before we started, just because I thought that this was another one I thought might get missed, because obviously Conor Gallagher uh, against Derby has been mentioned, but I think the first goal in that game... Ball, looking at the run up for Williams, what a good ball that is, what a great run from Williams. Charlton trying to get in the box, there's McCauley... Yeah! What a goal! What a finish! That's a superbly worked move by Charlton! Was, was great play down the left-hand side from uh, Naby Saar, lifting it to Johnny Williams, who did superbly to put it across, but it was a wonderful first-time finish as well from uh, McCauley Bond. So... Um, we've gone through there a list of our favourite goals. I think there's a, a standout one in terms of uh, what the, the the people who tweeted in. So Gallagher uh, versus Derby, I think, has been nominated as our Charlton Live goal of the season. The likes of Samuel Day, uh, Steve McLennan has, has come in, uh, Matt Half, Paul, Robert, uh, Rilo, Alex, David, Marcus Neville, and Lewis have all uh, have all uh, had that one as their uh, their goal of the season. Uh, there's six mentions for uh, Taylor's one away at Forest. Uh, Taylor, oh, here's one that we haven't talked about, uh, Mark, is um, uh, Taylor's goal at home against Luton. For Davis, ball forward to Taylor. Great control and a penalty here. Taylor, oh, 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 a goal! Oh, ending goal! Oh, you just can't keep this man out of this game. You just cannot. I mean, I, I, you forget how good that was. He brought the ball down on the edge of the area, sort of flicked it up and then drilled it into the bottom corner. That was a superb strike. 
Oh no, that, that, that was. I mean, and the celebration, you know, <laughs> picking the ball up with the tongue coming out and giving him a large to him, Luton uh, reprobates. So, no, that was a terrific. <laughs> yeah, game. so Jack, that was Jack, a finish. yeah, Jack, Dan, Shay, and Jurgen, uh, Jorgen uh, all mentioned that one. Another one, Forrest at home. Gallagher can turn here. Finds uh, Leko. Leko lets the ball run. Ball in box. Tyler's It's a lovely goal. What a superb move from the Eriks. Uh, it was a superb. I think it was something like a 25 pass move before Leko put in a great cross for uh, Lyle Taylor to head it into the bottom corner. And there was also a mention from Joe Cooper for the goal Nathan away at Fulham. Inside is Forskaski. Got two in the box. Forskaski chips it towards the far post. Chris Solly heads it back across. Gallagher with the shot. Yes! Gallagher with the goal. A brilliant work move from John. The ball from Forskaski to the back post was brilliant. Chris Solly's head across was even better. And then the finish from the Chelsea Loney against Fulham. A low-driven Festo volley past Bettinelli and Charlton at the lead. Uh, from Conor Gallagher, you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember the build-up play, the the, the cross ball from uh, from Jake Force to Kasky after a bit of a counter attack, and then uh, it was Chris Solly who headed it down to to Conor Gallagher as well. I mean, this was at that stage of the season, Nate, where we remember that we could actually like we we were putting in some real decent performances still at that point of the season. Yeah, and they were they were games. Um, I remember being on the boat. Uh, to Fulham and surprised you can remember that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how, but uh, yeah, anyway, we obviously Lyle was missing. We had to play Jake at left wing back. Um, so obviously, when that goal went in, it was not only that it come from Jake. I think it settled him down a little bit as well because it's a long old while since he's played. And um, but yeah, I remember when the goal because every time I've seemed to have gone Craven Cottage, we've always conceded three or four. Um, so yeah, for, for to to go there and to start that. You know, with a good goal from Connor. Um, I think that period it was just a bit surreal because I don't know if everyone else did like else did like I said earlier, but I started fearing the worst once we lost Lyle a little bit, and then we started getting, you know, obviously Page isn't playing, and it was before obviously Doughty came about because I think it was he might have been Doughty might have been at Bromley then, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think I'm he probably sure. would have been on loan at Bromley. Um, that's what I mean. So I mean, I think that when Jake come in. Um, it was a good goal. It was a great little build-up. We've had, like you said, that that, that game. Um, we've had a few games where we had good build-ups, like that Forest game. That first half was the best I've seen us play at home for a long time in terms of uh, how we played the ball on the floor, um, but we just couldn't maintain the second half. But yeah, it was. Um, we've had some good goals, and we've had. Some, it's not like we we just play hoofball like the other lot down the road, but. Um, yeah, we got some good goals this year. Yeah. I keep forgetting about some of them. Yeah. Even well, the even the one Leco like Leco was involved. Uh, was it? Did someone say the Brentford game? I think the Brentford home game. Uh, was, Red, that was a good goal as well. Was that Reading? Reading, Reading away, Leco scored yeah. a good goal. The home game was uh, Gallagher, wasn't it? Where we sort of nicked yeah. it against Brentford. We nicked it on the on the counter attack. I mean, well, I've got you then, Nath. Uh, if we move on to. Uh, question number two that I put out there, uh, the, the the game of the season. Now, this could be for a number of reasons. It could be your favourite performance. Um, it, it could be the fact that it was just a great game. And we, we, What would you say was your standout favourite game of the season? It's, a, it's difficult. I think for... I think I'll have to do two. I think with with limbs, I'd have to say QPR away by a country mile. Absolutely! I think in terms of... The performance as a whole. So I said the Forest game, first half was amazing, but the second half we dropped off. But I think as an overall against the opposition, who in my opinion are probably in the top two of how they play football, is Brentford at home. That 1 0 win, I think. Williams. Ball inside to Gallagher, it's good. Gallagher shooting chance. Gallagher! Come on! A whiff chance! First shot! Brentford play unbelievably. I know Leeds are and West Brom are a good team, but for me, I like really like watching Brentford play. Um, and the way Thomas Frank has his side set up and how we played that day, I, for me, that was my favourite game to watch because I thought we, we we more or less, I thought play were the better side that day. I know we won one nil, but even you know um, if we didn't end up to win that game, I still thought we were the better side. Mm. And that for me. That's why I picked the two. But yeah, that Brentford game was unreal. Yeah, I mean, that but that Brentford home performance was there, there was a fair bit of backs to the wall in the in the second half. We yeah. remember there was a couple of like absolute goal scrambles where where there was like, those videos going around of the lads just throwing absolutely everything on the line to keep the ball out. Bueno drills it across. Oh, it's a save. Back out to Dalshgard. Blocked away again. Body's been thrown in chaos. Blocked away brilliant. again. Absolutely brilliant. And absolutely clear. People were sort of saying that 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 sort of spirit that Bayer had instilled into the side. They they were thinking at that time, well, that's going to be what what keeps us away from danger this season. Well, of course, and that's what 
think in terms of we played played to our strengths, I thought we played some good passages played, but exactly what you just said, I think sometimes in this league we know we're not going to outplay teams for 90 minutes. I mean, even the Leeds home game, you know, we've, you know, we, we rode our luck at times, but I think like you're going to need a bit of luck and you're going to need a bit of some limbs <laughs> to the defending shots, uh, defending attacks and stuff. And I think it just was, like you said, a real, really good spirited performance. And um, I think it set us up. And I thought, you know what, if we can do this, it's going to be tough to do it week in, week out. But if, we, if we're like this every week, we've got a lot of chance to stay in this league, which which we currently are doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, just because it's not going to be fair to come to Mark last on every category, I'm going to mix it up a bit now. So, Mark, I'll bring you in. What do you think was your favourite game this season? Um, my favourite, I, I wrote down um, Bristol City at home. Um, to go with a goal up, two goals down, and then equalise, and then Doherty's 88th minute, burn poking. And I just thought, for an all-round performance, because we've seen Charlton teams over the years go 2-1 down, and then that's it, you're crumbling. You're going to lose 3-1, whatever. But the spirit shown with that game, and also, because their fans are just so annoying. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I'm, it's, there's certain things. If I have a Luton game, because I don't really, apart from, you know, like the we're locked down the road, I don't really dislike many other teams in our, in our division. Um, but they're such, oh, their fans, them and Luton, oh, oh goodness <laughs> me, I never saw them again. Oh, it's good to see. So to, to, to win both those games... Was, was was almost like particularly double sweet. I mean, yeah. you get the points and you get everything, but you know that you've ruined their Monday mornings at work or <laughs> whatever they're doing. Yeah. You know, it's even better. So, yeah. but no, the Bristol one. Yeah. So. Well, it's good to see you've managed to hold a grudge uh, this long as well. And Tom, Tom, I mean, before we go to what the listeners sent in, what would you say was your favourite game uh, of this season and your reasons why? I think for me, it has to be Fulham away. Controls, William still looking for an angle for a shot, comes out to Prattley, crosses the ball in. It's a flick from Bond! John, a back ahead! It's McCauley Bond! With the header at the near post! Um, I know we've talked a little bit about the game already, but for a number of reasons, really. Obviously, the boat in the morning, um, getting on that at 8 o'clock and starting on the Guinness was a lot of fun. Um, but then it's a great ground to go to just as an away day and like Nave said earlier the last two times I've, we've been or I've been I think we've conceded seven or eight goals in total so you're going up against one of the best passing teams in the division and you're relatively newly promoted and I think what was it October so it wasn't long into the season I just assumed we were going to get our asses kicked and um, we played really well went ahead twice and I think the the first goal that they scored was a bit sloppy from our side. So then to for Bond to get that goal, what was it, two or three minutes later and put us back in front. I know we ended up drawing the game, but it was just a really, really solid performance. It was a nice day out. Um, and then Bills obviously made that amazing save towards the end of the game as well. Left-hand side. Caballero able to cross over. Oh, what a save. save. Dylan Phillips with the save. On Deckard over Reed, And that was Banks-esque. I imagine he'll come up a bit later in one of the other categories, hopefully. So, yeah, I think that was just just a really good day out. And, and like I say, went against the expectations where I pretty much expected us to get hammered in that game. Mm, yeah, so I'm mean, looking at what some of the listeners have said. So Steve uh, McLennan said uh, the Stoke game at home, and I do remember being extremely happy that day when we, you know, our first home game after we'd uh, come back into the championship, unsure how we were going to perform and then to beat a team that at that stage we assumed we were going to still be up there. I mean, Steve mentioned it was a team for the Premier League players, which they are, but obviously they, they didn't have a great season. Uh, Rilo mentioned the Bristol City home game. Uh, Alex Hart mentioned Luton and Barnsley. Lewis uh, also mentioned Fulham away, which is certainly up there as one of my favourite games of the season. A um, couple of others ready in a way. Reese and Jack both mentioned. Forward to Lecco, he's able to turn. He might think about a shot, Jonathan Lecco. He's just gone a little bit wide. Gets it back onto his left foot and he shoots. Yes! It's taken a deflection and it's gone in and Jonathan Lecco has put the Alex 1-0 up. Um, I remember, Tom, you did the, the comms for the Reading game and that was another day where uh, I remember you and me were both uh, quite late to that, <laughs> that game because we got caught in... I gave you a lift and we got caught in traffic, but... Um, it, it, you know, after a, a fairly even first half, I mean, Chucks and EK came on in the second half, actually, and, and it changed and it really opened for us. But, I mean, we went 1-0 up shortly after half-time and then absolutely battered them in that second half, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, it was an absolutely brilliant performance. And we were on a really good run then as well. And I think we went into an international break after that and that was, I assume, the break that Lyle got his injury as yeah, well. Yeah, it was, yeah. Everything started to tail off a little bit after that. So, yeah, I remember... 
leaving that game. Was that the game where uh, Taylor did the calm, calm down as well to the Reading yeah. fans after the yeah. penalty? So, yeah, it was just uh, one of those games where, as you say, we, I'd had a bit of a struggle the night before and overslept. <laughs> and like you say, you managed to get me to the game. Um, and then to go there and then to beat them 2-0, as you say, Chucks came on and changed that game. An absolute blinder. And um, it was just another one of those games, particularly in the early part of the season where we were like, we could really compete with all those sides. And um, going into that first international break, or maybe it was second international break, you're thinking, right, we can start to maybe change our expectations here. And obviously, given where we were when, when we all went into lockdown, I think expectations at the start of the season seem to have been proven. But when you factor in everything that's happened since that break with all of the injuries we've had to deal with, I think what we'd proven up to that point was that we were a really good side and that we could compete with some decent teams, you know? And um, yeah, it was just a really good, another good away day. Because I, I don't know, I haven't had that many experiences of us not only performing well, but also winning away. I think me and Lewis had a, a horrible run over the last couple of years where we were just seeing us lose every time we went away. So yeah, it was uh, another really enjoyable day out. Yeah, so that was, uh, but th- they were up there in the voting, but we got two that were level on, on the votes that came in uh, for the best game of the season, uh, Nathan. Um, and one we haven't really mentioned yet is Nottingham Forest at home. I mean, lo- loads of people, uh, loads loads of people gave a mention to that one. Dave Boyd, Cliff Scales, Paul, or two Pauls did. Robert Barr, uh, Dave Walker, Shay, uh, Jurgen, and uh, Tom Ridgeon all mentioned the Forest home game. I mean, that first half in that game, Nathan, we were we were knocking it about like Barcelona. Yeah, that's what I mean, I said it earlier. I mean, the, is that that game earlier uh, against Forest was, um, like I said, the, the best we've played football wise um, in a long time. And I, I'm and I'm probably unless unless I'm forgetting something major. Even when we won the when we won League One, that that game against Forest against you got to remember they've got some good technical players. Forest. Yeah, up in um, the playoff places, aren't they? I think exactly. And I mean, it, it was Erhan's first start. And they could. It was his first start, wasn't it? Yeah. Pumas, and they couldn't deal with him. He was he was unreal. And then I remember I remember looking at him at half time, and he was blowing. Like, don't get me wrong, yeah, that do me. Of course he will, but he was blowing. And I thought he ain't gonna be able to do this the second half. That was the second half. And I think we rely after that first half. I think we all relied on him a little bit too much, and we sort of sunk back a little bit. But yeah, that that game against Forest, we we should have been four or five up. Yeah. And I think after after the game, the Forest fans were saying like. I think we underestimate, underestimated you a little bit. I think that was more they underestimated us in, the, in their home fixture for me. The first the first game at our ground, they didn't underestimate us. We just played them off the park. Yeah. Um, so I can understand why uh, yeah. people picked that one. It was just, I think, if we won that game or at least kept the momentum up in the second half, it probably would have picked my vote instead of the Brentford game. Yeah, well, that's why I was surprised there wasn't actually too many uh, nominations for Derby away. Uh, so Sorry, for uh, Forest away in, in the... Uh... Uh, in, in in the best game of the season, but that's certainly up there because of course we got that amazing goal and, and then hung on for for dear life. But like I say, the other the other one that's up there, uh, Mark, is is the Derby home game. And I mean, this was this was when we just sort of come off the back of um, not a bad week, I'd say, but a, a a difficult week where we'd had to play. We 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 got beat at home by Swansea, drew uh, away at Fulham. Before that, we'd beaten Leeds. So I mean, that that defeat against Swansea was ever so slightly flat. But when we come out and then beat Derby, and we're on this run of two wins in four, having played all these big teams, I mean, that would turn out to be our last win in what about twelve, thirteen games. But at the time, it felt like everything was uh, absolutely perfect, and we had a real chance of even challenging for the top half this season. Yeah, I mean, the stars were all aligned, as it were. Um, I mean, you, like, you, you, we did after we started to peter off, and no, no form at all. You know, the injuries started to take a bite on us. You know, you look back on some of these games, and it's funny because I can remember games I saw five, ten years ago really clearly, and yet I'm struggling sometimes to think about the ones at the start of this season. Um, you've talked about the Derby game. I'm thinking, I don't really, I can't really remember it. If I'm honest, that's what having twins does to you. And I, and I can remember some of the games I saw 20, 25 years ago. And yeah, yeah. the Derby won this year. It, it, it's yeah. almost no, my mind's got a blank on yeah. that. Well, we, we got. That, I mean, we got that opening goal through uh, through McCauley Bon early on. It was such a it was such a nice move. And then I mean, Naby Sar headed us into a two 0 lead just after the break, and that was when it was sort of plain sailing. And obviously, Conor Gallagher 
uh, the goal that was uh, was right up there for goal of the season uh, into the top corner made made it safe and it really was uh, an, an impressive performance. I did a, a couple more uh, of my own. It's sort of been half mentioned throughout, but uh, West Bromwich Albion away. Pass back to Cullen who strikes. What a strike! Oh. Blocks comes away. Bomb with the header. Yeah. Bomb with the goal. And Charlton equalise. Um, my first ever visit to the Hawthorns. It was actually a surprisingly nice stadium. But that first half, and we went one 0 down sort of early on, but. We actually played West Brom off the park in the rest of that first half. Had three or four gilt-edge opportunities that we couldn't take. Second half, they came out all guns blazing. Dylan made two or three superb saves in the first 15 minutes. And then we're back to the wall and all of a sudden get a leveller out of nowhere. Um, they go down to 10 men. A confusion over the sending off where the referee showed the red card to the wrong player. Uh, before eventually rescinding it and showing it to the right one. And I went on the radio and said that West Brom must be, were down to nine men because I didn't realise he hadn't sent two players off. Um, but um, then uh, they, they went ahead through that handball goal from Hal robson Carnu, but then we got that penalty uh, right at the end from Josh Cullen after Naby Sar was fouled. Of course, Nathan mentioned that QPR away game, which was... It wasn't a great game. It was a fairly even game. It's just the fact that we got that leveller right at the end just before Christmas made it for a, an entertaining afternoon. And of course, probably a special mention for Blackburn away. Kasky to swing this in. Pierce with the flick. Taylor with the flick. It's gone in. Oh, Taylor makes it two for the end. When you're going into the season where we've only made a couple of signings, people are worried about what's going to happen this campaign. Uh, and of course, we, we know we have the lowest budget in the championship, uh, but we go on and we get that opening day win with a late winner from Lyle Taylor. Right, we're going to have a quick break on uh, this Charlton Live. We've still got our favourite signing of the season to come. We've still got our flop of the season to come. And of course, we're going to discuss who you guys have voted as the Charlton Live player of the season. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's John. Yes! Oh, it's it's oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. Then we've been looking uh, back at the season that is sort of potentially finished, but it's looking more and more likely uh, that we're not going to see any more football this season. So we thought we'd sort of do a, a bit of an awards show for the rest of uh, for this campaign, the sort of stuff we'd normally discuss at the Player of the Year dinner uh, show, where you know obviously we'd have all the players would come over and join us for a chat towards the end. We'd sit there, we'd have uh people knocking about enjoying the evening but unfortunately we're unable to do that so we're just hosting a, a little bit of our own uh sum up of the season so now the next category um saving player of the season for last is the signing uh of the season now uh, <laughs> on the opening day of the season this looked like it wouldn't have been a very big category but more and more have come in as the as the campaign went on so let's bring mark back in then for the signing of the season let you go first for this one mark uh which which, which newbie uh stood out for you this campaign Right, I've got um, a strange answer and a good answer. Which one do you want first? Uh, we'll have the good answer first, then we'll go to the strange answer. Cause... Okay, the good answer, I'll say is Adam Matthews coming in yeah. um, and taking over the right-back slot and looking comfortable and making some fantastic challenges and just being a calm head. Um, when we were relying on so many of the kids, 
having someone with a bit more experience, um, you know, to come in now, you know, and I thought to myself, you know, when you see his name on, you think, you know what, I'm, I'm happy with that. He's not one of those players where you go in, or, you know, in take a breath, what kind of game is he going to have, you know, as opposed to Perrington on the other side, is he going to have a good game, bad game? With Matthews, I think you know, you're getting a solid game and, you know, he, he's been experienced, he knows when to leave an elbow in on somebody hmm. and he knows what he can get away with. So, yeah. uh, for me, it's Adam Matthews for a yeah. Sorry, didn't he, he came as a free agent, didn't he? Just after the transfer window closed, he came in early September. Then didn't actually play for about a month, and we took him a while to sort of get a run of games because he had, I think, he had some injury problems, if I remember rightly. But you, you, you're more than rightly, he kept Chris Solly out of the side, which um, it's not something you'd expect to see too often. But I mean, Solly barely had a sniff for the, uh, well, the last sort of three, three or four months of, of the football that we saw played. Yeah, so you're going to have to someone you say who, who who do you trust? I mean, Bowie's then right on the back foot. I can trust because we were leaking goals, we really were. And he goes right, you know, solid. It's not like solid was costing us, but you know, you know, you've got to have a, a, a set four if you can or five. You know, and I think Matthew gave us that. Mm. And right, let's so, let's hear your strange nomination then. My, my strange nomination is um, Ben Amos. <laughs> Go on, I'd love to hear the reasoning for this. <laughs> the reason being, one, because when he was here before for us, he was a good keeper, good solid keeper. And I think he's probably one of the reasons, I mean, we, you said, you know, we know the three names which are going to come up for play of the season. I think one of the reasons Dills has been so consistent is that he knows he's got such a good keeper behind him, helping him in training, and, you know, they've obviously got a good dynamic in, you know, amongst the keepers. But he knows that he can't make a mistake or two because there's a good keeper who can come in straight away. So he has what's pushed deals on. And I think, having Ben Amos there, I think if we'd had, you know, Maynard Brewer as number two or whatever, I don't think, I think Dills could have probably made a few more mistakes and still be a mistake. So I think, you know, he, can, he can't afford really to have bad game, bad game, bad game. Yeah. Because he knows there's a keeper there who's, who would be straight in. Yeah. So, so I know it's a weird one, but having <laughs> been aimless there, you yeah. know, it helps. <laughs> there we go. So, so signing of the season, a man who hasn't played a single minute of championship football. But that's a uh, good reasoning, to be fair. So a uh, good answer there. Let's bring in Nathan then. Who would you say was your signing of the season? Uh, well, my first choice would have been Matthew, same as Mark. Um, but, I mean, for me, I don't know if Tom will probably say the same, but it's probably for his fellow countryman in Tom Lockyer. I think um, losing Pat, uh, into a championship which perhaps uh, you know at least the championship central defender of Lockie coming in from you know he's, he was a captain of Bristol Rovers um, but he's a leader um, it, it was interesting to see how he stepped up and I remember me and Tom first seeing Tom Lockyer against Villa in the friendly um, and there were some bits where you think oh you know he could be a good little player here um, and and I know early. I think if I remember rightly, early in the season there were a couple of people were questioning Lockyer. There was very very few people, but I think he's he's been proven to be as much as good as Pat was. I think he's a lot more physical, and I like that about Lockyer. I mean, you look at the the near enough mud wrestling he had with Hal Robson Carno at home. <laughs> um, I like I like that and the defender. Um, because I think you've got with him and Pierce, you know what Pierce is like. He likes to have a fight anyway. And then you've got Naby. I just think he gives us a nice bit of balance, um, Lockie. So for me, I'd probably probably go with Lockie. But my first choice would have been Adam Matthews because I think he offers us that balance and that that natural width which we would have had. I mean, if you had him and Page, I mean, we would have, you know, the width we would have got on the service from them to have been outstanding. Mm. But um, but yeah, I would have gone for those two. Yeah. And what about you, Tommy? I mean, if you had to pick a sign of the season, you know, I'm. I'm I'm not going to guess which one you're going to go for, but which one? Which one do you think? Is it someone we've already mentioned? Someone else? I think probably it would have been Lockyer, um, and pretty much just echo everything that Nave said. Um, you throw in those two or three like life-saving tackles he made at early parts of this, the season as well, like pretty much guaranteeing a, uh, stopping a goal. Um, I think he's been unbelievable. Um, and I remember uh, Boya saying a few times when he made signings at the start of the season, he was looking to sign leaders. Um, and that was certainly one of those. I think the other one who deserves a mention in this category is Macaulay Bond, because as you said a bit earlier, we signed him as a project, and I don't think we were expecting him to play a lot this season. I don't think he expected to play a lot either, and 
you know, fair play to him. He came out fairly early on, I think, in an interview with Rich Corley and said, you know, I, I know I'm not ready for the championship yet. I appreciate this is a big step up, but I'm going to get my head down and work hard. But he got his chance, obviously, with, with Taylor's injury, and, and he took it with both hands and, you know, was banging in goals for fun for a, for a long time. So... I think he deserves a lot of credit as well. I think he's done an excellent job and hopefully someone, if we can keep hold of him, who we can continue to, to improve whilst he's with us. But um, no, I would have had to agree with, mm. with Nath probably and say Tom Lockyer. Yeah, well, Tom Lockyer was a joint top pick from the people who responded, the likes of Sam, Steve, uh, Joe, Robert, David and Jürgen, uh, Charlton Live listeners who voted for Lockyer. But another one, now this is, I guess you could debate whether this counts, but I mean... Uh, Josh Cullen's got to mention because obviously he did go back to West Ham and he have re-signed him on loan, Tom. So, I mean, he's got to be up there as well. Pro- definitely one of those players that almost goes under the radar. But when, when he was out injured, you could see the difference it made when he when, when he was able to come straight back in. Yeah, and I remember we didn't have him for Blackburn, did we? I don't think. No. And then he came in between that and the Stoke game. And I remember him coming back in and again, going back to the fact that I was on comms. You just when you're talking about the players a lot more and you you notice them a lot more. And I remember at half-time looking over to Greg and just saying, he's back, look at the difference he is making. I know we've got the win away at Blackburn, but it was just so nice to see him back in a chance shirt. And I remember him coming into the press room after the game and he did the post-match, I think, and we just got a few minutes with him before he went in and we just said, oh, it's good to have you back kind of thing. And he was like, he felt like he'd never been away. And I know it hadn't been a huge amount of time, but... Yeah, I mean, he's one of those players that is just unsung in too many respects in that he just goes under the radar. You know, his game is very much under the radar, but what he gives us, I mean, we go back to the the cross in the playoff final, obviously, as a standout, but what he gives us as a shield in front of that back four, along with someone else who I suspect might come up in the player of the year discussion, I think he's just had just another very solid season. And as you say, when he's not in the team, you you notice it and... um, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest compliment you can pay him. Yeah, Mark. Other than uh, Adam Matthews, which was one of your one of the people uh, mentioned, uh, someone someone we haven't really talked about, but did get a few votes is Conor Gallagher. Now, of course, you know it's easy to forget because we lost him halfway through the season to go on loan to to Swansea. Where I don't know, it sounded like he never quite hit the heights he had at the Valley. But I mean, he was uh, for, for for a man of his age. What was he eighteen, nineteen? He was an absolute revelation in the early part of this season. Well, that's it. I mean, I think he became, literally, after about two or three games, one of the first names you'd put down on the team sheet. Um, his enthusiasm, his energy, you know, maybe his tackling wasn't the best, but, you know, it's, his goals were important. And he, he didn't let himself be bullied, which sometimes as a kid, you know, you can know that as a couple of older players are going to try their best with him. But, you know, he stood up to them. You know, he's going to have to learn to do it a bit more cleverly, like Pratley. But it's gonna. He, he he was a big miss, and as, as soon as he went back, and you're like, okay, they've taken him back. Oh, they've lent him out to Swansea, hmm. and then you saw actually you can add Swansea to the team next to Bristol <laughs> City and, and Luton of fans because some of the stuff I've been seeing, um, especially with our predicament at the moment, from these Swansea fans. Oh, sorry, Tom, but we're Welsh, <laughs> really. So, <laughs> Yeah, again, I mean, Mark's just sitting there seething this whole lockdown, just thinking of people to hate. Um, someone else who's mentioned by Dave Boy, uh, Nath, Jonathan Lecco, a player whose season was cut short. I mean, I liked him. He went through a phase where he got a lot of stick, didn't he? But I thought I thought when we, when he went, we, we clearly missed him. Yeah, for sure, he didn't have the perhaps always make the right decision and quite a lot of the time he tried to hold on to the ball too much but at the same time he more so than anyone in our team at that early stage in the season seemed to have an ability to make something out of nothing yeah exactly I mean it's hard because obviously when you when the players go back you go I don't know. he was only with us with a short amount of time but I agree like Josh Cullen I think he was so pivotal the way that we played um, I think when you had him and Lyle up top, uh, what you're unable to have is you used to sometimes we could be playing strikerless really because either either of them could either peel off to the to either flank and I think away from home and the way our transition to play is, is to get it to those two quickly um, was pivotal in certain certain results and I think we touched on some of the goals that Leco either scored or provided um, and he was a massive miss and I remember when he um, when he went down and it was QPR wasn't it when it was a bit of an odd one he seemed to just land it was, it was a corner and he seemed to land awkwardly I don't know if there was uh, he fell over the goalie or something I can't really remember but yeah. when he was when he was hobbling off I remember thinking I know Lyle was going to be Lyle was a miss but 
Jonathan Neko was, he had this rawness about him and he did frustrate people, but that was the beauty of it because he was that sort of maverick, that sort of, yeah, he, he could be inconsistent, but when he was on his game and you just didn't know what was going to happen. And obviously some of the players didn't know the opposition because they couldn't keep up with him. Um, and I think that's what really made him what he was. Um, and it's a shame he got an, in, he got an injury because I thought he was really pivotal because as much as Lyle was good, and I know Mac is good, in terms of his pace and you know his strength, and Leko had that rawness and he had that acceleration, which I think we've we have really really missed since. Mm, yeah, and another one, Tom. I'm surprised you didn't give this this man too much of a mention, Jonathan Williams. Um, obviously had, had a long spell out injured. And I forgot, like he only came back for the last couple of uh, games before before the lockdown, Huddersfield and Middlesbrough. But again, because we had him last season, I guess people aren't counting him as much. But again, an, another player that when he was out, I mean, we could see how clearly we missed him. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be talking about him a bit later, don't worry about <laughs> that. But, um, yeah, I think I hadn't really considered him for this one, partly because I, I want to talk about him for a later award and, and it's not going to be the flop of the season. Um, and also because, yeah, you're right, he was here last season and I, I, he was a signing, obviously, but I almost don't think of him like that because he was here again last year. But, yeah, I'll save save the positive stuff for a bit later, but you're completely right. Another one that when he's not in the side, it's just so obvious what we're missing mm, yeah so uh, a tie then it was between uh, Lockyer and uh, Cullen uh, in the little vote we did uh, yesterday thanks to all of you who, who sent in your messages that to vote for those players uh, there was a uh, one vote for undisclosed from Rilo <laughs> but I don't think we can count that as our signing of the season now let's move on to uh, always a disappointing uh, category and it's always very difficult to try and talk about this one at the play of the year dinner because the likelihood is that they're in the room with you and they might walk past and hear you but let's talk about the flop of the season uh tom the most the biggest disappointment this season for you there's been a few yeah it's a difficult one i think or maybe it's not that difficult but i think i've got to go for Baron kyle um and the reason really is the expectation i had when he came in compared to what he gave us and i know Injury have played a, a big part in that, but you have to factor in that if he's going to get an injury, then obviously that's a flop. But also the performances he did make, I remember him coming on at home and trying to spray the ball around, but just misplacing passes and just looked a yard off. I remember him doing the same away at Millwall when we were obviously trying to, to try, uh, push and, and get a winner there. So, yeah, I think I just had such expectations of him when he came in. Um, I knew what he was capable of. I remember people around the training ground saying that he just had so much class on the ball and looked so assured. And the player that we then saw on the pitch, albeit only for a handful of appearances, just nowhere near delivered what we uh, what we expected of him. So I think I, I do feel a little bit sympathetic for him because injury played a part, but um, I think I'd have to go for Berem Kyle. Yeah, it was certainly um, one. You remember that that transfer deadline day where there was all this excitement about the fact that Kyle and Hemed were signing, and those two players both went on to to disappoint. I mean, Mark, if you had to pick a a, a, a most disappointment, I mean, is there one that we've already mentioned or, or someone else that you want to add into the mix? Well, I agree. It's difficult when you choose someone who's had injuries because you say, well, they've not had a chance to turn it around. But I'm disappointed that we haven't seen um, Chucks. You know, Chuck Taniki. Mm. So it's such a big unit. And like Bo said, he said, every time he comes back, it's with a different injury. You know, it's a paper cut. It's a broken toenail. You know, he's strained his wrist. It's hurt his shoulder. And you're thinking, I, I feel sorry because he, he's looked good and, you know, hopefully he'll be back, you know, and be able to bang with goals in. But someone who big and physical and just thinking, you haven't, you haven't seen enough of him to say flop as such. So that's mm. probably a bit unfair, but... I felt, I felt a bit harsh going for Perrington because I thought Perrington would, would be an easy target for people because I think, apart from, you know, the, the goal of the first day of the season, um, again, once Doherty came in and onto the left-back, he went, I'm happier now having an, almost an inexperienced kid because Perrington had made such mistakes and you're just like, oh, I, I didn't feel happy with him on the ball. You know, it's, he, he, he was caught quick between, didn't know where to go forward, to stay back out position so I think it, it's unfair for me to choose Chucks because of his injuries so I'm, I'm yeah. going to say from, from Lee Perrington which yeah. is 
you know, you, you sign a seven, obviously you sign a seven out of ten players, going to give you seven out of ten every game. That's fine, but he'd not. He dropped down. It was fives. Yeah. It was sixes. Yeah, it's interesting you know, though that we didn't actually get. Yeah, because he he did become a bit of a target, didn't he, Ben Perrington? But we didn't actually get anyone vote for for him uh, over the last couple of days, which I'm surprised about. We did get a couple for Anike. Is it? It's, it's weird, isn't it, Mark, how the fact that he did come back and start scoring all those goals for the 23s, but, I mean, Bo, Bo you made it quite clear that he didn't count count the, you know his goals in the 23s as enough reason to chuck him into into the senior team again. That did seem strange, at least not having on the bench, especially with um, Hamid, who was, OK, he was starting to look better because he lost some weight and his fitness was back, but, again... You're thinking, you know, I'd rather have maybe a striker who's been banging them in. And okay, he's banging them in against kids, but he's, he's getting his eye in and he's got something to prove. Put him on 15, 20 minutes. So I, I think Chucks has probably been a little unlucky. And hopefully next season, because I think, you know, because of everything that's going on, because of the contract we've got with him, him and Bon will be our striking too. Yeah. So... Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens when when football finally comes back. Now, there's uh, there's been been yeah mentions for uh, Tom Ahmed. Uh, he was he was certainly up there. I think he got the most votes uh, for us. Nath, is would would you would you say he was his most disappointing? So you know, most disappointing player of the season, the flop of the season. Um, you probably to be fair. I mean, if if you're talking in terms of playing time, then you have to really go with Tom. But I can't help but not take injuries into account. You know, I know it's. With Chucks, as Mark, you know, Mark was rightly saying, he, I mean, he's a big lad, and when he came in, he, he's come in as an attacking midfielder, um, and we've—I don't think we've had a player like that who's that physical and can bulldoze his way through teams. Um, so I think disappointing for me because I was looking forward to it, but yeah, it is hard to say um, he's a flop of the season. Another one for me would be Lewis Page. I, I think a lot of people—I know he's—he seems like he's made out of glass, but. When he has played, I think he's he's proved so pivotal. And if you look at the way that we play, especially being really narrow and offering width from Matthews and Page, I think it'd be absolutely unreal. Um, so that's a disappointing one. But I'd have to go on time uh, in terms of playing time. And yeah, I think Tom Hemmed has got to be up there. I think mm. coming in, he's a you know he's in at the national. He's played in the Premier League. He's played, you know, he's a decent he's a decent pedigree at this level. And I know he he came in not really fit. But, I mean, when he plays, he seems quite static. He doesn't seem that he offers much. He doesn't go into the channels. It has to be onto his head. And if it's not on his head, then we're not. We're just going to lose possession. I can't remember what game it was, but I think he started and it was just so predictable. And it, we wasn't, we wasn't, it, wasn't, it was just bouncing off him. Um, so, for me, yeah, I think Tomo would have to be up there. And another one that got quite a few votes, Steve, Aaron, uh, Martin, Neville and Dan, all, all voted for Aidan McGeady. Um, obviously, someone we didn't see too much, but I mean, he did sort of fail to to overly impress, didn't he? When he when he came in, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, he came in on obviously using Matt Southall's super phone. Um, <laughs> Matt Southall's super shame. deal phone did get one vote for flop of the season as well from uh, Joe Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is disappointing. But I mean, when when he came in, I remember speaking to Graham, uh, he's the rogue report, and I was I sort of asked him what he was like, and he was saying that he wasn't really training with the first team. Um, he sort of fell out with um, Parkey, uh, Phil Parkinson up there. So he, he wasn't really training properly. Um, he was training with the kids. So when he came in, and I did anticipate it was going to take a while for him to get up to speed. Um, but again, you look at the pedigree. I mean, he's played in the Champions League. You know, he's played at a higher level. So he, he could be up there. But I mean, he's only had a sprinkling of appearances, hasn't he? But. Um, so I think the, I thought this one, this this topic was probably the hardest one to choose. Not out of sympathy, I just think uh, it's hard because I mean, if you look at if we all sit back and go right, well, if we look at this, our budget in comparison to everyone else, blah blah blah, it's hard because you know that everyone's trying their best, and mm. we're just unfortunately it's not clicking for us at yeah. the moment. But well, you can't really go against McGeady or Hamid for me. Yeah, well, Dave, David uh, Walker, obviously. I mean, you said it was quite a hard one to pick, and David Walker obviously fought long and hard about it. He said the flop of the season was a Nathan Miller Penenka. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was quite tragic. To yeah, be fair. yeah. So <laughs> remind us of the story. So it was a half-time penalty shootout, wasn't it? And then you got a bit yeah. cocky after scoring your first one. Well, I thought, you know, get the first one in, so you say that you do it at a covered end, and then I remember going back, and then Maltz, I remember, because Maltz was taking one after me, 
And um, he said, what are you going to go next with? And I said, well, I've told everyone I'm going to do the Penenka. And he said, well, you know, if you don't score it, you're going to get abuse. And I thought, you know what? You only live once, don't you? <laughs> that, that old chestnut. And, uh, yeah. and then, and then Mort steps up. He says, he says, oh, my jacket. And I'm thinking he's going to do some rocket. And he just sort of P-rolls it in the corner like it's nothing. And I'm like, mate, I was crapping myself just now. But, like, <laughs> he just done it with me. But yeah. yeah, sorry to anyone who got injured in, in the filming of that event. <laughs> yeah, I mean, d- d- before we, we sort of draw a line under the flop of the season and we have to bring Tom back in because this is your one of your fellow countrymen uh, Joe Ledley got a mention from uh, from Derek and from Paul uh, 45 minutes away at Middlesbrough so I mean not not too many people got to enjoy that performance but it was I mean it, I, I know he was only bought in as a stopgap and and uh, well we didn't risk him again after that 45 minutes but it, that was very very flat unfortunately yeah I think um, when he came in I was I was quite excited about it not just because it was another Welsh man through the door but I thought that he would be quite a, a kind of settling influence again, okay, talking about people like Prattley, people like Lockyer, these experienced leaders. And he's obviously played at a higher level before, so I think there was a, an expectation. And, and as you say, it was only a short-term deal and he wasn't going to be there forever. But I think I had an expectation that he was going to really be a bit of an enforcer in that midfield. And as you say, I, I didn't make the trip up to uh, Middlesbrough, luckily, because me and Nate were planning on an all-night coach to try and get there, so I'm <laughs> glad we didn't make that decision. But, um, yeah, obviously had that game there, and, and that was that. So it was, yeah, another disappointing one, but I almost feel like he didn't have enough of a, a playing time to, to even be judged. But, um, yeah, disappointing, certainly. Probably up there for the best beard, but unfortunately that counts for very little uh, in terms of your place in the championship. I mean, obviously some... some uh, some uh, votes for from Dave Boy for Tanoon uh, Nimmer and from Rilo for Matt South. Obviously, those it almost goes without saying that uh, the the takeover has been an absolute flop at the club. But uh, with with uh, the, the top in the vote for for most disappointment flop of the club, uh, flop of the season it has been Tom Hemed. So let's let's move on now. Let the the, the meaty bit that we've all been waiting for the uh, player uh, of the season now. So I only I only had this vote open for a, a, a sort of one night before we did. Uh, the recording. We're doing the recording on Friday this week rather than Saturday just because we've got a bit of spare time. But um, basically, of the 24 people who responded, 23 people all voted for the same person, Tom. And I'm guessing you can guess who that person was? I'd assume it's Dylan Phillips. Yeah, 100%. Dylan Phillips. So just under 100% of the vote. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, that's who the people have voted for. But, Tom, you're going to tell me why they're wrong then? (laughs) Well, probably not. No, if I hold my head up. Right. Dylan has to do that sometimes as part of his job, holding his hands up. But he can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell that to Churam uh, Ulian. But <laughs> I think for me, it, it, I've picked Johnny Williams for a number of reasons. Firstly, because I, I love the bloke. Secondly, because he's a, he's a fellow Welshman. Um, but I think what I like about Johnny Williams is he's a calibre of player that over the past few years, particularly whilst we've been in League One, he's not the sort of player I would ever expect Charm to be able to bring in. Um, and we managed to get him through the door on that short-term loan um, last season or short-term deal last season. I thought, well, that's that's good, and let's see how he gets on. And obviously, I, I would argue he had a pretty decent impact last season. Well, I don't know how many actual assists he got, but certainly in terms of his, his performances, I thought he was brilliant. And then I assumed we wouldn't get him back. Um, I know we'd made the step up, but I thought his wage demands would be too high. And then, as I understand it, you know, he was prepared to take a wage cut to come here. And I know he's spoken quite openly about kind of his difficulties with mental health as everyone will have seen on Sunderland till I die and I think he was just genuinely happy to be playing at a club be relatively injury free and to be in a place where he felt comfortable um, and we saw it right from the start of the season he obviously got the assist for the Purrington goal away at Blackburn I think he got an assist in the Stoke game as well and he just started like a house on fire and, and we said it earlier he's one of those players that when he's not playing you, he's it's so obvious but also when he comes on, you just you're excited by watching him play because he's quick. He he gets on the ball. He forces fouls. He can dribble like the balls on a string. Um, and I know he hasn't got that goal yet. And I really hope we get a chance to see him score for us at some point. But for me, he's just a, a fantastic, fantastic footballer. And as I say, if I'm looking at it a little less emotionally, then I think Dills probably gets the vote from from me as well. But if I had to pick a another, if you like, it would have to be Johnny. Yeah, and, and that's one of the questions that will come up, isn't it? I mean, his contract when he signed was only a year. 
So, I mean, what happens next? <laughs> because, I mean, that's going to be yeah. for loads of players. I mean, we, we have no idea how we're going to come out of this, but there's there's a possibility that we won't see him again. Yeah, and, and that would be a real shame. Um, and I think it, it will be a question of where he goes, to be honest. And it will be, I think, more down to, to what he wants than, than us. I think we would definitely want to keep him. But I know, you know, injuries have played a part. And, and if he thinks, you know what, I have made a bit more of a reputation for myself. You know, I have played a few more games there and, and offers are coming in from above. It might be hard to turn down, but in, in a kind of twisted way, I almost hope his injury record counts against him and puts clubs off because, yeah, I think, you know, despite the fact he hasn't even scored for us, you see the love that he gets around the, the stadium. You know, he works hard. He always puts in 100%. And I think he's really found a home at Charlton and, and it would be great to see him again. And, you know, if we don't, then... I think he came on in the playoff final and, and almost changed that game as well. So I think he's done his bit for the club, but it would be a shame if this is how it, is, uh, how it ended. Yeah, I mean, um, Mark, let's bring you in then. If uh, I mean, obviously Dylan Phillips is the clear winner in terms of the vote that came in, but have you got anyone else who should be up there? No, I, I thought the one, two, three was pretty much going to be set in stone with Dills, Prattley and Lockyer being in that order. For me, though, when you said, you, like you said about choosing the player, I, I, I think... We've already waxed about him earlier. Was Macaulay Bond? I think you know he was brought in as like a number three striker, potentially going to be loaned out to a, a lower league to see how he adapted to a step up. You know, Bo said, "No, actually, I just want to keep him. You know, and see how he works with us. He's got a good mental attitude. He he works hard. I think he was accepting of his position." In, in, in the rankings of a strike because he knew Lyle was above him Chuck was above him and he was just like oh, I'm going to go in training train the hardest every day and if I do get a chance I'm going to grab it with both hands I think that's what he's done I think his goals both his goals against Bristol showed like determination and obviously he knows where the goal is um, he's got he's got good heart and he, he's, he's a, I think he's what I would call a Charlton player because he's, he's, a, he's a trier. It might not come off every time, but he's, he's, you don't see him giving up. You don't see him not chasing. You see him going for it. And I think, you know, he's, he's, he's appreciative of where he's come from and the journey up he's made. I think, I think sometimes players who start off higher than drop lower don't have that appreciation for the job they're doing. And I think with him... He's, uh, we talked about it many, many um, shows ago in the studio, and I said that's the kind of player I'd like to think I would be. You know, <laughs> someone who's just happy to be played. What if you meant old? Know, and wants to do their best. So yeah. But so for me, it was Macaulay Bond would, would be. I mean, no, he's not going to win it. But for me, I think he's been one of my players of the season because I've enjoyed watching him. I've enjoyed his goals. You know, I've enjoyed his celebrations. And um, obviously, for, for him, him supporting Leco over the Leeds incident as well, and the grief he got online for Memorial, yeah, you had Leeds to the list. <laughs> well, so basically, your um, list is just um, the entire Championship table, other than Charlton at the moment, but uh, with good reason. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, with good but, reason. Well, I think, yeah, I was going to say, because you know, he, 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 got, he got dogs abuse online from Memorial's. And you think to yourself, yeah, he stood up for a teammate and said, look, you know, I'm with you on this. And so for me, Macaulay Bond gets a special mention. Yeah, excellent stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Bond didn't get a vote. I told a lie. We actually had two other players who got votes. So uh, there was a vote for Prattley from uh, Neville and a vote for Conor Gallagher from uh, from Joe Cooper. But everyone else voted for Dylan Phillips. And Nathan, I mean, would you, would you say that anyone can come close to Dylan in terms of this year's Player of the Year? No chance, mate. Absolutely no chance for me, anyway. But um, uh, to be, if if anything, I think Dills, you could, he could probably sweep all of them apart from like the flop ones. I mean, when I used to play football back in obviously many moons ago, now you used to have like uh, players, player, managers, player, fans, player, and then like um, what was it called? Like the most improved. Mm. And I think like if you know, like Mark said about Bond, and obviously Taylor scores the goals. Um, and obviously Pratt's, you know, defying these age of, well, we say he's old, I think he's the same age as me. <laughs> yeah, it's nasty, but, uh, isn't it? When you, when you have to say footballers are old, but then you you realise yeah. you're older than them. It's like, oh no. <laughs> it's mad. But like, I mean, if you think, I mean, like all those awards, I think Dills would probably win most of them. I mean, he's made, what, seven, 70 appearances or something? Just over 70? 
something like that. And um, last season against Sunderland was his right. Well, was when he started as number one, really, wasn't it? Mm. And then when he, you know, he came in and people were banging on about, which you know that you know he's not good enough with playing with his feet. Um, which yeah, you know, it is, is important, you know, and it has improved. But it's not like you know we 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 play with a sweeper keeper like Barcelona, you know. But we've got to say how much Dills has improved from that start. And there's probably a little bit of bias, obviously, because he's come from the youth academy and stuff like that. But to be, if you look at all the stats that are on Twitter, I mean, I've seen things in recent recent months of, you know, he's been in the top three of saves per match and holding the highest average rating for goalie in the championship and stuff like that. I think it'd be a travesty to that if he didn't win the award. Um, and even not, not even, I mean, a couple of you mentioned it earlier, the amount of saves he's made. I remember there was a couple at Sheffield Wednesday away. Like there was the unreal saves that he's made, Swansea. Yeah, full of um, away. Yeah. Exactly. He's either won us points or he saved us from embarrassment. I know that much. So I think you know he's our number one, the number one twist. So I think hundred million percent. Yeah, and a great, anyway. a great character in the dressing room as well for the team. Right, so there we go. The Charlton Life uh, Player of the Year this season has voted for by the fans, but clearly uh, in agreement with uh, the chaps, not in the studio, but on the phone as well, uh, is Dylan Phillips. So congratulations uh, to Dylan. Right, I think we're coming to the end of uh, this week's show. Um, those of you who haven't, make sure you listen to the bonus podcast we've been putting out uh, in association with the Charlton Athletic Community Trust, which is Steve Sutherland in conversation uh, with Keith Peacock, talking about his career throughout the years. Obviously, he had a long association with Charlton. Uh, the other day, we put out part two, I think, which where he talked about the 80s, where he spent away from the club. It's still quite fascinating hearing about his uh, travels out to America and coming back to manage Gillingham uh, in the UK. It was start. It was supposed to be a two-part, uh, a three-part interview. It's going to turn into a four-part interview now because uh, they can re- they really have been uh, uh, talking about a lot of stuff, those two, Sutherland and, uh, and Keith Peacock, but it's well worth a listen, so make sure you do that. Thanks for listening uh, to, to us for this week. We'll be back again next week when we'll be talking about the anniversary of the playoff semi-finals uh, from last year. We'll do the playoff final after, but we'll talk about some of our memories from the two games uh, we had against Doncaster uh, uh, over the course of two legs uh, last season. So we'll, we'll look forward to talking about that. I'm going to thank uh, Mark, Tom and Nathan for joining me on the phone this week. Good to speak to you. Cheers, boys. Cheers, mate. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Pickled onion sandwiches, try them. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, absolute wrong. Yeah, yeah, so I'll leave it up to you guys if you want to try a pickled onion sandwich. But anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I've been Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>